Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity. This is episode number 323, and we're going to talk in a minute about how to get the most out of your lessons. We've said before that golf lessons are one of the biggest bang for your buck values. And oftentimes, you know, we wait to go to a lesson until something is really dramatically wrong with our game and we're frustrated and we want to fix it. Um, but we've talked before about lessons. We've talked about why they are important. Uh, so when you do get to that point, whatever the reason is, whatever the trigger is of the reason, whether it's you want to fix something, or you just want to get better, whatever the reason is that you're going for that lesson, at the end of the day, you want to make sure you get the most out of it because for one, it's an investment of your time. For two, it's an investment of your money. And of course, who doesn't want to get the most bang for their buck? So we have three things that we have done when we've gone for lessons uh, that we found it helped. They've helped us, you know, be able to have longevity of what we've learned in that lesson um, and just feel like we're walking out of there really having worked on something, having gotten better, which is really the key here. So we're going to talk about all that in a minute, but Mike, you want to kind of tease and talk a little bit about this big giveaway we've got going on right now? Dude, how exciting is this, right? I mean, you and I, we had the the fun time of putting up a pop-up sim in HQ last weekend. And it was great because it was easy to do. This was the OptiShot 2 sim in a box which it's if you don't know this thing it it comes with this swing mat that has all the technology in it and the golf in a box also comes with this screen an eight and a half foot pop-up screen i'm sorry net and a um and a mat that you can set in all that technology that that hitting mat and you and i put it up in like what an hour not even not even filming yeah it was quick yeah it's probably if we weren't filming it probably would have took a, a lot quicker but we put it up and right away we were playing golf indoors and it was so sweet so the giveaway which is now live is three of these 800 dollar golf in a box packages. Three lucky winners are going to win a full package. How cool is that? That is so cool. And of course, a huge shout out to OptiShot for working with us on this thing. And we, you guys know, if, if you've kind of followed along when with what we have done with, with HQ and the new office that we started as of this year, January 1st, which unfortunately we're still not back there yet. We're still waiting for, for the, uh, the opportunity where it's safe and healthy to go back. But, um, you guys know that we wanted to do a simulator and immediately OptiShot, the team over there, they reached out to us when they saw that, but they, they hit on one thing that we really liked to hear. And that was that, that community piece. So the fact that all of their units from the, the big vision system that we're going to be putting in our HQ down to the golf in a box, which is that simple kind of pop-up simulator that Mike was just describing, all of them run on a software that's connected to the internet. It runs through your computer and we're going to be working working with them on ways that we can play virtually with the golficity community. So we want to be able to have some, maybe some virtual tournaments, things like that. So it's another, it's another way to bring their, our community, which is spread out all over the world closer together. So this is kind of the kickoff to that. We have the one set up temporarily in our uh, HQ that we're going to be using and, and kind of experimenting with while we're waiting for the big system. And we're going to be giving the three away. So that'll be three more people who can be involved. Plus, 
as we said, it's just a tremendous value. I mean, I love mm. the fact that they kind of took the guesswork out. If you're just somebody who's like, you're not a techie and you just want to have a SIM that you can work with and you don't want to have to like worry about it, everything is there. I mean, it's a perfect idea. Golf in a box, you know, you get the net, you get the screen and you get the mat and you just, I'm sorry, not the screen. You get the net, you get the, the actual simulator brains, which is the OptiShot too. And you get this mat, you pop them all together, connect to your computer and you're off and running. And then after that, mm -hmm. we talked about in the in the video, it really is just limited only by your creativity. Because once it's connected to your computer, you know, you can go out and buy a projector, connect that, you can connect it to a TV screen, whatever you want to display it. Um, so a lot of great stuff. We won't we won't re review everything here because it's all in that video. So make sure you guys check it out. And of course, we'll include the link in the show notes as well as in the description for the video. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, um, we'll include that for entering the giveaway. So you got two weeks to get in there and get as many entries as you can. Uh, we're going to be excited to announce the winners in, in the end of this month and get those shipped out to you guys. So that's going to be a fun yeah, one. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, so we're going to talk a little bit about, like I said, getting the most out of your lessons. First, though, as always, I want to do our Twitter tap-in segment. This is fun. Every single week, we get to engage with you guys, get a little bit of your feedback on some things, and we had a fun one with this week. Before we do, though, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Titleist. Guys, if you're like most golfers, you're looking for more speed, more precision, more consistency in your game. The good news is both the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X will deliver on those promises. They're designed to fit your game regardless of your swing speed or your ability level. Uh, so the question is, what's really new? What's new with the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X? Well, first, a 17% thinner cover and a larger casting later create the fastest Pro V1 and Pro V1X ever. And a fast 2.0 ZG process core delivers a level of consistency that's unmatched in the industry. We got to see the consistency firsthand when we went out to the ball uh, manufacturing plant in Massachusetts and got to see what goes on into it. It's incredible. The level of detail um, is just something that has to be witnessed. If you guys haven't seen that video, check it out. We had a lot of fun over there. Uh, if you are choosing between the two, the Pro V1 has a slightly softer feel, a little bit lower ball flight than the Pro V1X. The Pro V1X, a little bit higher flight, a little bit more spin and a firmer feel. So it comes down to feel, but it also comes down to trajectory. Best thing you can do, go for a ball fitting. But second best, I'd say grab a sleeve of either, of both of them, take them out there, experiment, see which ones are holding the greens the way you want them to, see which one, the height you're getting, look into it and then find the one that fits you. But both models yeah, have that proven drop and stop greenside control, lasting durability, and unsurpassed quality. So prove how good you can be. Tee up the new Pro V1 or Pro V1X on your next round. All right, guys. So diving into our Twitter tap. And again, like I said, we had a little bit of fun with this one. If you're not already following us, follow us on Twitter at Golficity so you can catch our Twitter tap in every week and weigh in. Thank you as always for everybody who does respond. And some of you have posted some pictures, which we'll dive into in a second. But what we said this week on the Twitter tap in is how do you mark your golf ball Let's see some pictures. And what I like about this, Mike, is that it's just one more way as golfers, we can kind of show off our personality, be a little bit creative. And we did see some creativity here. But before we ask theirs, I want to see, do you have a specific way you mark your golf ball? When Well, I play 98% of my golf with you. <laughs> right. I was so, going to say the same thing. And I know you play, <laughs> you play the Pro V1 and I play the Pro V1X. Uh, we both have the G logos on them. So we basically know from the X versus the non-X who's is who's. Right. But 
on the other times when I'm out playing with some other people, I will I have a blue Sharpie marker that's hanging off my new bag. So I will just put a simple blue dot right next to the Titleist logo. There you go. It's, it's remarkable how similar we are. And I was going to say the exact same thing. You literally stole the words out of my mouth is that 99% of our rounds is the two of us. So I don't mark mm -hmm. it because we just look for the X to know whose it is. Yep. But otherwise, what I will do is I will take whatever color and put a little dot go. usually just above the S in Titleist. But otherwise, you know, it's the Pro V1 and it's got the G and then I know it's my ball. But um, but let's dive into some of these here. Um, one that I, I really like. This is really kind of cool. Uh, Jeff M. He said, I put a red semicircle under the number. It looks like a smile. And I figure a happy golf ball will behave better. <laughs> Testing this theory. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Testing this theory has so far yielded inconclusive results. But I, I like that. I, this is the one that I may, of anything, steal too. I like putting a little bit of, you know, a reminder out there to continue to have fun, you know, because when you go find yeah. that ball, you know, a couple feet into the woods and it's smiling back at you, at least you have to smirk, right? I mean, right. come on. Right, exactly. I might even try that. I might steal that. I think that, I like that's a steal I might one. Even go as far as, I might go as far as putting a full-blown smiley face on the ball, <laughs> two dots and a, and a smile. But that was great. And then you got a, a lot of jokers on here, which which is hysterical too. Usually with some mud, Alexander Wiley, usually with some mud or a scuff mark from hitting a tree. <laughs> and Derek says the same thing, usually with a tree or a cart path. So we got some jokesters in there talking about the scuff marks that makes their balls unique. I get that. There you go. Um, long time Mario listener, Price, no picture to show just two dots at, at random. random. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. And then long time listener here, Mike Ryder, uh, he shows that he's got the two red dots he puts on either side of the number, uh, below where it says Titleist there. So that's the one. So it's, it's interesting that some people have consistency. Some people will mix it up. Um, Alex Napier says, I don't mark mine unless it's a tournament. So similar to like what we're saying, like if you're playing by yourself or whatever, but he said they're already custom with the number uh, and what I got printed on them from Titleist to honor my coworker and golfing buddy who died. So, I mean, that's, that's really cool, Alex. I mean, sad to see that your buddy uh, passed away, but uh, really kind of a cool way to honor him by doing that cu custom stamping there. That I like that. That was pretty, uh, pretty cool to see. Um, Let's see. Uh, Warren says, I don't have a pick, but I usually mark out the eyes and title list uh, so I can see how bad I'm going to hit it. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, this is fun. I mean, this is really cool. I want to keep this conversation going. We got a couple of, of, of good responses here, um, but I'm sure there's a lot more. So make sure you guys uh, share your pictures with us. You can post them pretty much anywhere on social, tag us, uh, let us see how you mark your golf balls. Um, and, uh, you can comment below as well and let us know, but that was a, that was a fun little one. I think we got to do more of those, Mike, where we have some sort of post some pictures and, and see, cause I, I do like that side of the game. Like I said, the, the spots where we can show off our personality a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I love it, man. All right. So let's say, let's do a word from the rest of our sponsors. And then I want to dive into uh, talking about how to get the yes. most out of your next golf lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited about this topic because I've taken lessons uh, from a bunch of people and I just feel like it doesn't stick with me, but we'll get into that. So here we go, guys. Big stuff coming out of ShotScope. In case you're new to the podcast, ShotScope has been a partner of ours now for almost two years. They have an incredible uh, product. They have an incredibly talented team of avid golfers. Uh, and like I said, we love the product. And what is the product? Well, 
It's a GPS watch with stat tracking capability, and it's awesome. You've seen us wear the V2. Uh, we've been back on the course this past week when we played Hollow Brook. We had him back on, fired him up. I was able to log first round of the year on there. But guys, the V3 and the G3 are coming soon. So the G3, for all of you who don't want to track, you could just have GPS only. Uh, aesthetically, this thing is amazing. It's very Apple Watch-esque, in my opinion. It's smaller. It's got, it offers color, color bands. You guys are going to love it when you see it. And that G3 GPS launch uh, price is going to be, or launch offer, I should call it, is going to be $159.99. And the V3, with full stack tracking capability, the launch offer there, $179.99. So we're going to dive into this a lot more as we get closer. I think we're maybe a couple months away still, but guys, just keep your ears peeled to the show and some of the social channels as we start promoting. But uh, you guys are going to like what you see when it comes out. So stay tuned for that. And you know what's funny, Mike? My father messaged me the other day and he's like, uh, you know, I'm looking to buy a GPS watch. What should I do? Right. And I and I know him. I, I know he relies a lot on his, his range finder. He wants something simple and not too expensive. And I'm like, are you in a rush? Like, can you wait just a little bit? And, and he's like, yeah, why? I'm like, just wait for this G3. I'm like, because the price point, 160 is something that's not, mm. not going to be beatable. I mean, he's looking around and you see some of these. There's some great companies out there, the Garmin S, whatever sure. it is. I mean, we're looking at watches, GPS watches that cost you know north of 300 bucks. And I'm thinking half the price. Plus with him, I'm thinking, you know, God, you know, I love the guy, but ease of use is important for him. You know, he's just like, right. he's not the type of guy who's going to be going on the computer and doing all types of like crazy finagling and updates. I'm like, look, this thing, you get the, the app on your phone, you strap it on your wrist and just, just get out there and go like, and he's in a right. perfect example of somebody who might not want stat tracking. You know what I mean? He, he's out there playing with his buddies. He's not doing anything to change his game. He's just out there having fun. Right. He just wants people to glance down his wrist every, and not have to pull out his range finder every time. So I'm like yep. wheelhouse. So I'll report it's back once one. he gets it and see how he enjoys it. But I told him, ju just wait a little bit. That G3 is coming. Yeah, I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. And uh, just want to thank FootJoy. Uh, at FootJoy, they know little something about the ground and its fickle nature. That's why FootJoy offers more styles for more players than any other brand. So you could take on every step, every condition with every lie with full confidence. I mean, that's what they're all about. Whether it's the max performance of the all new Tour X, which I wore last week and loved, uh, the all around comfort and versatility of the Flex XP, which I wear all around the house and love, and the timeless styling of the Dry Joys Tour or a number of other shoes that FootJoy has. Uh, FootJoy, they offer shoes to fit every golfer's swing. Uh, so new to the lineup in 2020, guys, check it out. The all new Pro SL. Been wearing this shoe as well. Lots of stability, more traction, more comfort than ever before, including their really sleek looking new Pro SL Carbon with their carbon fiber um, uh, features on it. Really cool stuff. So visit footjoy.com to find the right shoe for your game. Yes. And the two cents that I would throw in is you guys got to check out, go to footjoy.com, check out their find your shoe uh, tool. Uh, we, we just played around with that a little bit last week. Really cool. I think it's seven questions. It'll walk you through and it'll ask you specifics about your golf game, how you play, how often you play stability questions, things like that. And it will direct you in the right direction for the, for the best shoe for those, uh, situations. So really cool tool. Take you like 30 seconds to run through this thing. And, uh, 
I found to be a huge help in selecting because there's just so many options. Mm-hmm. There's just Same. so many options. Um, okay, so diving into, like I said, what we want to talk about here is getting more out of your golf lessons because ultimately, as golfers, pretty much all of us are going to go for a lesson at some point, some maybe more than others. But even if you just went for one lesson, you still want to get the most out of it. We've talked about it before. We've said golf lessons are one of the best investments you can make in your golf game. Um I know sometimes they can get expensive, especially with some of your top tier teaching professionals, but in way too, you get what you pay for. I've worked before with some top tier professionals. It might be almost double the cost. It might be working with someone else, but I feel like I get almost double the result out of it. Um, But again, also not knocking guys who are on the lower end of the spectrum and what they charge because there's some really great value uh, instructors out there. But the best thing you can do, we did a whole episode on this on how to find the right coach or the right instructor for your game, go back, check that out. But the best thing you can really do is just look around. And just because somebody is an excellent coach doesn't mean they're excellent for everyone. We've talked about this before. Certain students just work well with certain teachers. It's a personality type. It's a communication style. So sometimes it just takes a little bit of work, you know, maybe take a lesson with someone, see if it's working before you buy a package or ask around, or maybe, you know, kind of go to the range and try to witness somebody giving a lesson and see if it's a style that you want to work with. Or you can even do one of the group lessons, which tend to be less expensive. You don't get the same one-on-one, but you can get a sense for someone's style and then you can book a one-on-one lesson. But Whatever it is, when you cross that bridge and you go for that lesson, you want to get the most out of it. So there's a couple of potential issues that that pop up. Uh, some of these have popped up for us, and just being aware of them uh, really helps you to move past them. And the first one is working on just kind of ditching those preconceived notions. And I'll I'll, I'll dictate a little story here uh, that this could be any golfer. So you tell me, you know, if this at all sounds like you. Um, but let's just say golfer. Let's let's name him Jeff. You know, decides that. He wants to go and he's, he's got this swing problem that needs to be fixed. And, and he struggles to make the necessary corrections at the range. Maybe maybe our, our fictitious golfer, Jeff, downloads a couple of different YouTube videos, picks up a couple books. He's trying to work through this on his own, a little bit of DIY, uh, but it's just not quite working. Maybe he gets a little improvement, but he just, he's saying, all right, at this point, I need that, that one-on-one attention. So He decides to book the lesson, but heading into the lesson, he's already convinced that he knows what's wrong. Like, I know what I'm doing wrong. I just don't know how to fix it. So that kind of closed-minded approach, you end up ignoring a lot of the advice that the teacher is giving during the lesson because you're kind of just subconsciously looking for those cues that validate what you believe is already the problem. So you're already starting to look for and listen. Right. You may even say like, oh yeah, I heard something like that in, in a in a video that I watched. And you start to really just focus in. But you're you're subconsciously blocking out some of the other stuff that's being said. Or if a coach starts to steer you in a different direction, be like, well, you may, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's this that's affecting you. You start to kind of debate that coach in your mind. You start to think like, nah, what does this guy doesn't know he's talking about? It's not that, it's this. Right. And mm-hmm. what happens is any progress that our fictitious golfer Jeff has had uh, is really limited in the aftermath of the lesson because he ends up being disappointed. He feels like uh, that's not where, you know, whatever it may be, he's kind of tuning him out, he's or whatever. So ditching those preconceived notions, 
going in with an open mind, and I have no issue with them. We've been strong proponents of it. We've talked about it here before of going and conveying to the coach what you're struggling with. In fact, in fact, the, the coach, the instructor is most likely going to ask you, why are you here? What are you struggling with? What do you want to work on? And going in with as much, this is kind of like a bonus extra, you know, of, of how to get more out of it, going in with as much information on your game as you can. Again, maybe not overwhelming the coach. They can steer the direction the direction of the conversation and kind of tell you what they're looking for, but at least having it at the ready. Things like your stats. You know, we've talked about this before. Shot scope, mm-hmm. we have our stats on deck and we can show them whatever it may be. Or maybe you've had a couple indoor sessions on a trackman and you've got some of those numbers logged that you can show them. That type of stuff is going to be great. Um, and, and any of that type of stuff that you can have going in. But ditching the preconceived notions of what you know what it is, you know what what you're doing wrong, and you just want a little bit of guidance because you never know. There might be something that they, they're going to say that was not on your radar. And by not dismissing it because you think you already know at least 90% of the answer, you're opening yourself up to better learning. You know, does that make sense? No, it does make sense. I mean, I, I've taken lessons like off the rack in in the past where someone bought me like a like a five pack through like a local golf store with a someone a pro that I'd never met or didn't know anything about, and I went in and just kind of based the lesson off his his teaching philosophy, and they dissected my swing and and whatever, and then fast forward, and, and I got nothing out of that, and then fast forward, I went through and. Did a lot of stuff with Kevin Sprecker, but those I was more so like, all right, Kevin, this is the stuff that I need to fix. Like, I know I have the chicken wing issue and uh, outside inning the ball and I'm not getting my hips through. And so coming in with some some things I've actually worked out better for me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, going in with kind of the plan, because like you said, the, the stats, the shots, they've been helpful. They've been helpful for me to know where my miss is and to bring that in and, and to kind of work with the coach that way. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like going in with information is fine. Going in with mm-hmm. dis- a good description of your symptoms of what's the issue is fine. It's just not going in there with kind of a diagnosis already in mind, being open to other diagnosis, being open to uh, other suggestions the coach might make. I mean, think about it like this. It, it's like going it's like going to the doctor with some symptoms and you're just, just going to say that. Yeah. And you're just mm. dead set in your mind that you have X, Y, Z disease. And then you walk out of there like somewhat disappointed because he says you've got something else or you're like, nah, this guy can't be <laughs> right. right. You know, it's about having right. that open mind. And, and of course, you know, everybody can think with their own brain. And if you really feel like the guy was, was off and you didn't, you didn't, um, get enough out of the lesson, that's where it comes down to, like I said, a personality fit. Maybe you want to look somewhere else, but if I can just kind of promote one idea here, it's going with an open mind. And I struggled with this myself. I mean, I struggle with it more in a fitting than in a lesson. And we joke to this day, you know, I, I can no longer say anything in a fit, my fittings with, with, I work with, with Kevin Sprecker because he was so right on this one, but I was kicking and screaming, not wanting to try a hybrid uh, when I, we went through our first fitting with him, I'm like, no, I love my three iron. Don't take it out of the bag and replace it with a hybrid. Mm-hmm. But Again, a sign of a good coach. He pushed me, you know, nicely, but pushed me, maybe even tricked me a little bit and saying, let's just, it, you're here, just hit it. Why not? And it turned out right. to be one of the best clubs for me in the bag. A similar type of thing can happen with this. So 
just don't go into it with a closed mind with this diagnosis already in your mind and you're just trying to walk out there with the you know the, the prescription for that diagnosis. Be open to them. It might be something else. An example Mike just gave is like, oh, I have this chicken wing. And you might be so focused on that and you might be so you know deep diving into like YouTube videos and things and just Googling chicken wing all day, but not realizing that maybe it's something else that's causing that. Maybe it's mm-hmm. uh, ball position. Maybe it's rotation. Maybe it's balance. And all of a sudden you, you, you're like, you know, the guy's not saying chicken wing or that focused on it. He's just trying to fix your ball position. But then all of a sudden, you know, the chicken wing starts to disappear, but you're so focused on everything you heard and you keep saying, I heard this and I heard that again, feedback is good, but you've got to walk that line where you start to realize that I'm allowing this person to teach me because that's what they are. They are the instructor. And if you get in the way of that with too much of your preconceived notions, it can be a hindrance. But that's so that would be the number one thing. You know, first thing, ditch those preconceived notions, commit to the lesson mentally and go in ready to learn and listen. And you will get more out of your lesson that way. Um, Another thing you can do is really work on attacking a specific problem, um, especially if if you're hoping that you're going to solve some issues with with a, a single lesson. Uh, some of us will, will just start with one lesson before you you get into any type of lesson plan. You got to understand that if if you're going to go into one lesson, you're not coming out of there the top golfer in the world. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. Uh, even literally, the top golfers in the world are consistently working with swing coaches. Um, um, it's a hard game. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time to, to do that. So when you go into the lesson, you don't a really a tough thing to have would be if you had these super huge expectations of fixing everything wrong with your game in one swing. Uh, I'm sorry, in one lesson. And and a good right. coach will know that too. They will kind of triage um, and they'll say, okay, let's fix this. And then they let's leave that for another time. But that triage can really help because sometimes if they can just get one thing working better, it can immediately translate to playing better, but they're not going to go soup to nuts and fix everything in one shot. So if you do that, again, it's, it's almost like trying to hit too many targets at once and you end up missing everything. I'd rather see you really hone in and fix one problem, like really get to a point where you feel like I have a, a, and and again, these fixes, when I say that, it's not like necessarily a snap of the, of the fingers and you just walk out of that lesson and you never have to deal with it again. A real true fix to me is you've diagnosed the problem. You now are aware of what's going wrong and you walk out of there with some sort of practice plan that is going to remedy that. Because if you guys saw mm-hmm. some of the work we did with like game like training, you saw that we talked about it takes time. No matter what, these changes take time. You become aware of the change you need to make, but it takes time to do it. So you're not going to walk out of there perfect. But in this case, if you can go in with a and and with a with a specific problem that you identify with your coach and walk out of there with this with an action plan to fix that specific problem, is a great foundation to work on. And then the next time, whatever, working on the next problem or whatever it may be. Um, so going into those lessons with with one specific issue you want to solve can really help. Uh, a classic example, you hear this one all the time. You might want to get rid of your slice, or maybe it'd be yep, working the slice. Yeah, sure. I mean, how, I, I would say if you polled instructors, how many of them would say that most people come to me with that? But that's also because the slice is a common issue with many many different causes. That's where it goes back to our first point of keeping an open mind, because what you might think is causing your slice, it might be something else. But 
You may go in there and say, I want to fix a slice, or I want to add a few yards to my average drive. Whatever it is, you want to communicate that goal to your teacher. Don't leave them guessing. It's very difficult if you put yourself in a in an instructor's shoes, and I'm not an instructor. I'm just trying to empathize here and put myself in their, their situation. If someone came in, they're just like, fix me. I want to play better. I want to shoot better. That's a tough one. And a good a good instructor will kind of take a look and then will for you identify the one problem that they want to work on there. Um, but if you can identify it and get, guide the ship a little bit, that's great too. Um, so let me ask you a question. If, if you had a one hour lesson with Sprec tomorrow, what's the one thing that you'd go in to get fixed right now? I want to, I really want to work on that, that moment of impact. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm starting to make a little bit of, 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 uh, steps in the right direction, uh, with it. We've been working with that, like I said, that plane mate. Um, but I, again, hit up on the ball too much and I don't get enough spin. Um, so I'm going to work on that. I know more consistency and I can build off of a previous lesson with, with Kevin, uh, which was as we were starting to work on it, noticed that I was not for, I'm a righty golfer. I was not staying left enough during my mm-hmm. backswing and I was kind of swaying a little bit to the right and I'd have to come back left. So right. I know that was part of it. And then if I don't come all the way back left enough, I'm not making that, that contact at the right point. So that I would just do one whole lesson just on that. And if we could solve that one problem, I would feel like I've, I've overcome a huge milestone and I'm sure we will work on that at some point with him, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's what's on my mind. But again, you don't need to be, especially if you're one of the newer golfers, you don't need to be adept enough to 100% know what's wrong. Uh, if you put your hands in, the, in, in, you put yourself in the hands of a good coach, they'll probably identify it. But I want to set that expectation again. You're not going to fix everything in one lesson. And if your coach does steer the ship of saying, like, let's just focus on this today, don't be disappointed by it. There's a good reason behind why you're doing it. And right. And realistically, you're going to need to work on, you know, the the points that your teacher gives you, like I said, for some time. So again, it's not going to be solved instantly, but at least you'll come up with a, a, a plan of attack to get that thing, whatever it is, fixed. Um, and also one more note, if you can do this, and again, I understand there's things like you know different personalities that come into play. So you may have a lesson with someone and say, you know, this guy or gal is just not the fit for me. I'm going to look around and try somebody different. Understand. Actually, I, I think it's a smart thing to do. Um, and even coaches themselves will admit to the same thing. They'll say just like, sometimes I'll, I'll send somebody to, you know, a different coach because something with the communication between Matt, me and that student just wasn't working fine. But Mm -hmm. if you do find a coach that clicks, one thing you can do that can help benefit yourself is try to stay with that same instructor for the long run. And that really kind of goes back to this idea of, of attacking a specific problem by doing that and, and developing that relationship and where the instructor knows what the what you worked on last time and what the lesson plan is, they can build off that and they can start to you know knock those problems off and check the boxes because they already know what you've worked on and they're ready to move on to working on the next thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then that way you can, like I said, going through that triage and doing one thing at a time, it can be done a little bit more easily than if you were to switch coaches every single time you had a lesson then you got, it's almost like starting over. You've got to describe what we did in the last lesson we fixed. And, and an instructor may want to see it for himself. He may want to work through that again. But otherwise, and, and two, there's so many great instructors out there now who are really leveraging different types of tools and things where they can help 
to that progression. Like for example, a lot of them will have their TrackMan data, uh, video stuff all hooked up to their database of students. So they've got that going and they start to put a, put a file together on you where they can look through and see where they left off. And it's not all just committed to memory. It's, it's no different. Again, that doctor analogy, you go to the doctor, first thing he does is, is that he's got your file in his hand. He's not mm-hmm. going to try to just remember everything, but you still may have a relationship with that, that doctor, but he or she is going to say, I, you know, I want to look at the file so they can kind of go through right. and see where, where they're at. So that can be an important thing too. But speaking of file, that brings us perfect segue, Mike, into our, our last point. And that's ask for some sort of notes or take notes yourself, sure. you know, something right. mm-hmm. that you have because shoot, Mike, I mean, you know what it's like. It feels like sometimes that hour or half hour lesson goes by in a blink of an eye and you're just so focused on, on what the guy's guy or gal is saying and you're trying to do what they're saying. I mean, what's the first thing that happens? You're like, you feel like you're your mind is a little spinning and, and you tend to, you try to quickly remember and you start to forget things, right? Absolutely. And and a lot of teachers will, good teachers will record the lesson, send it to you. Um, I would even record it myself if we had the ability to, you know, mm-hmm. if I could just fire up my iPhone on a stand and just record it. Cause like you said, you want to remember, you want to bring that back home. You want to listen to it again, watch it again, and then go out in the range and kind of reteach yourself it all over again. Uh, so you don't forget it. I mean, it's the one thing like the game, like training, mm-hmm. I left that place like all excited and jazzed up the next day. I kind of forgot everything that, that Zach and Ian taught me. Yeah. I mean, I had little pieces of it, but gladly we got it on video so I can always go back to that and watch it. But what about those people who don't record it? That's just That's it. Tough. There's so much value in that. Like for example, some of those drills that those guys were putting you through were, were very detailed in, in the way they wanted you to execute them. So just having that ability to go back and rewatch it. But this, this also comes largely down to uh, what we said earlier, when you're, st- you're first finding a coach and asking the questions before you set your lesson. And one question you can ask is, um, do you provide notes? Uh, do you videotape the lesson? Do you mind if I videotape the lesson? And right. like Mike was saying, I'm very easy to maybe set your, your, your cell phone up and just let it record so you can go back to specific moments. Or if a coach shows you a very specific drill, even if you're not recording the entire, ep, um, the whole uh, lesson, you can say, hey, do you mind if I just record this and record you saying it? Because that way I can go back and refer to it instead of trying to remember everything you said. But yeah, right. a good coach will sometimes provide you with, I've seen before printouts, step-by-step. Uh, step. Uh, I've seen them uh, give you kind of so, sort of homework where they'll direct you to a couple of videos that either they or another instructor has created on the specific topic so you can relook at it. But there, no matter what, you're, you can't rely on remembering every little bit. And there's often a lot of nuances that go into it. So whether it be having the coach provide you with the notes or the recording, or you just doing it yourself, I mean, this would be my number one. If I put this on the top of the list, this would be my number one. Um, I've had lessons years and years ago when I was playing in high school before we had everything digital and it was, you know, on a VHS tape that, you know, (laughs) they would record and then we would go back and we would sit in the coach's office and he'd play it back. It was not like the days where, you know, 
this reminded me because Zach did that from game like training when we were out there with them. The first couple of swings, he pulled out his phone, he recorded us. He goes, all right, come here. And he just shows us back and he's sliding his finger to slow it down. Man, coaches 20 minutes, 20 years ago would have died for that. Absolutely. Instead, Absolutely. we're going inside, popping the VHS in, rewinding it and then trying to pause it. And like, if your VHS player had a slow-mo option terrific but not most of them didn't so you were just trying to do most that most of them didn't right, right. so <laughs> now we you got that that ability but like i said even if the coach doesn't have or, or is not doing that or is whatever their style is it doesn't hurt to ask it doesn't hurt to ask to to do either do it yourself or record the whole lesson record parts of it um but it's something that can be really great but you know i i don't know it's just something that i've always done i i'd classify it as my number one tip in this list mike mm -hmm. yeah makes sense i think it's valuable i mean like i said it's so easy to forget this stuff when you're done with it i mean our brains the way they work nowadays you know i mean I've, i'll forget something i said at the top of the show for crying out loud. <laughs> right you know? right so which is why know, we record these shows makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, as we're talking and thinking about the one thing that that you would go in and fix with a coach, it makes me think about mine and it's putting. Mm. It's something that I would love to find a great coach that will just take the time and help me putt uh, and just get feel in my hands through the putting stroke. I have the ability to read a green pretty well. I know how it slopes, how it breaks, uh, maybe how fast or slow it's going to be. But I just I'm struggling with the actual putting stroke, leaving them short pushing them way too long. You saw me, I think I three putted from two feet, three feet on that par three mm. when you and I were playing at Hollowbrook. And, you know, that stuff just made me so angry. So yeah. that's what I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to find a teacher this year that can just work with me on putting. Yeah. And I, I, it's crazy how often that's overlooked. There's just so many people when they go for a lesson, it's a swing lesson, you swing know, lesson, right. but, but the two types of lessons that we've gotten a lot out of are playing lessons and putting lessons. And I agree. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're again, triaging and it's a budget thing and you've got only so much money to put towards it, man, putting, putting it towards those short game lessons. I mean, all of us, of course, we want to, we want to go for a swing lesson because we want to have confidence in a swing and, and, you know, we want to, we don't want to be slicing the ball and stuff like that. But when you, when you get down to the nitty gritty of scoring, those short game and putting lessons are some of pound for pound, some of the, uh, the best things you can do for your golf game, but get out there, you know, find first step is finding an instructor, finding a teacher to work with. Like I said, do your due diligence, putting the time up front is going to really help on the back end. I mean, think about nowadays how much we kind of mull over like every investment. I mean, you go to buy a toaster on, on Amazon and what do you do? You read through everyone's reviews, you click and you check right. out a whole bunch of different ones. You know, why are you not doing the same thing with an instructor? You know, going around, like kind of taking a look, seeing, you know, some of their background, some of their style, calling them, asking them, you know, what, what, how do you run your lessons? What do you do? Maybe whatever. A lot of these guys too now are putting out some of their lessons on, on YouTube and in other places, and you can get a feel for their style mm -hmm. and their personality there. And if it's someone who, who gives you confidence, uh, you can go for it. So there's a lot of different ways, but if you do that due diligence, find the right instructor. And then step two would be to, to take this this kind of step-by-step -step approach we're talking about here to get the most out of the lesson, you're going to come out of there feeling a lot more fulfilled from the process. And then you can use this process sure. with every lesson you have.
So yeah, I think sense. it's it's important stuff. It's been important for for us as we've tried to improve in the game, and I think it can be for you guys too. If you've got any of your own suggestions of ways that you've gotten a little more out of a lesson and stuff that we didn't cover here, we would love to know about it. You can post it in the comments. You can post it in the Golficity Facebook group. You can send us a, a, a message, DM us, tweet, whatever it may be. We always love to hear that type of stuff. So, so give us that feedback for sure. Uh, anything else on your end, Mike, before we wrap up the show today? No, I lost you for a second, but I'm back. Okay. Is there anything on your lost end before we, uh, before we wrap up the show? No, all great stuff. I definitely encourage you guys to get out there and try to find a coach. It's so funny. I'm watching my wife outside through the window. The kids are on the swing and guess what she's doing. She's short game practicing her chips. <laughs> she's terrible at it, but I give her credit. She's trying. So there you go. Her. Look out. She's going to anyway. beat you someday. <laughs> Look out. No, I I don't, I don't think ever. I don't think ever. <laughs> uh, no, this is a great topic. And, you know, I, I, I definitely want to commit to some type of coaching. I know you and I are running around so much, creating videos and content, getting together, playing rounds and having some yeah. fun matches and stuff. But I think it's time for me to, like, find a weekday, like a Monday, Tuesday, where I could just get a coach and, and uh, you know, just hone in on some of these things that I need work. For sure. I mean, that's step one is identifying it. We've definitely identified things we want to work on. So we can heed our own advice here. Yeah, sure. All right, so that's everything we have, guys. You can get to the show notes by going to golfacity.com slash episode 323. Um, as always, you can catch us on YouTube, Facebook, if you want to watch the video version, as well as in the Golficity app, which just got a recent facelift. So if you haven't checked out the Golficity app, uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. Maybe leave a review in the app store. You can go to golfacity.com slash app to download it for free, and it'll get all your notifications for when a new podcast or video drops right on your phone. So it's a, it's a huge benefit of having the free app. So definitely encourage you guys to check that out and we'll see everybody again next week.